Why don't you make like a tree and get out of here? Leave us exit stage left. I'm out of here. Great googly moogly. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, as always, this stuff in lieu of actual entertainment. All righty then. Hello and welcome back. This is Storytime and I am Gamer Dude. Glad to have you with us for some more stories this week. Today I'm talking about travel. I've talked about family vacations many times. And family vacations are often associated with traveling someplace. Well, we gotta go someplace to go on vacation. But travel is also something you can just decide to do without having to take a vacation around it. You can travel for a day and go visit a different place. Go experience different things. And there's a lot of value in that too. One of the reasons that I mention that is because Mrs. Gamerdoot and I do a lot of travel. We do a lot of day trips, but we also go on vacations to different places. And one of the things that we share is this interest in going to these different places and seeing different things and trying things that we haven't done. And I'm glad we share that because that's something I kind of picked up on my own after I moved out of my parents' house. Now, don't get me wrong. I've talked about travel with my parents, too. When I was a kid, we traveled everywhere. Family vacation did involve travel, and for many years it involved going places. And those places were things that my mom wanted to see. My dad just wanted to be away from work. Oh, I need a vacation. That was dad. Mom wanted to take the opportunity to go see things, learn things, do things. Which is cool. And I think that's where my inquisitive nature comes from. Now, don't get me wrong. When we traveled to places like Fort Ticonderoga, I was not thrilled to death. I was not all eager to... Oh, let's check out the barracks. Oh, look, a cannon. I mean, you know, I was 8, 9, 10 years old, whatever I was. The last thing you want to be doing is wandering through Fort Ticonderoga, looking at old stone walls and musty old barracks. That's not really high on your list when you're 8 or 9. Can't we go to the pool? See, that was our favorite part of the trips. If we would go to a place like Fort Ticonderoga, which is in upstate New York, we weren't so much thrilled about going to see the fort. It was the motel that we got to stay at while we were outside the fort. And if we were lucky, the motel would have a pool. So after our day of walking around the fort, we would get back to the motel room and be able to jump in the pool. That was the point of travel for us kids. Okay, yeah, we have to go put up with seeing this boring stuff. And then we can go swimming. And we did places like Fort Ticonderoga, Niagara Falls, Washington, D.C., Colonial Williamsburg. I remember we went to Yorktown so we could see where the English surrendered to George Washington after the Revolutionary War. That's a real kid-friendly destination. You kind of do the Clark Griswold look at the Grand Canyon. Yep, this is where it happened. Okay, what's next? So while the travel was important to my parents because it involved a vacation and seeing and doing interesting things for them, for us kids at that time in our lives, for the most part, it was what pool do we get to swim in? Or can we jump in a lake or an ocean just to get cool? But I do have to say there was a little aspect of that non-kid-friendly educational aspect of traveling that actually appealed to me. Because I liked looking at cool different things. Like, okay, maybe the fort was boring, but when the tour guide showed us the little slits in the stone wall where they would poke the rifles through so they could shoot the bad guys, that was the cool stuff. When they'd show where they store the cannons and the cannonballs and this is where the gunpowder was, that was kind of cool. I mean, nowadays, I'm interested in that kind of thing because of the historical perspective it gives me on things. Yes, I know, it's a more mature outlook. Imagine that. But when I was a kid, it was the guns and the gunpowder and the cannons and the cannonballs. That was the important stuff. Where does that stuff go? 
But the point of all that is that it gave me a perspective on going to different places to see different things and actually learn things about going there and doing things that you might not otherwise do. Now, our non-kid-friendly, semi-educational vacations stopped when I was a young teenager. That's when my dad discovered Chincoteague, Virginia, and I've done a couple of episodes about Chincoteague. That was when my dad decided vacations were at the beach. That was it. And that's all we did. So for many years, it was going to the beach. That was it. That's what we did for vacation. The forts were gone. Washington, D.C. was gone. Educational stuff was out the window. Dad wanted to go to the beach to relax. And we didn't do things like a trip to Disney World, a trip to Bush Gardens, a trip to Six Flags. My dad was not the least bit interested in any of that, and he didn't want to spend the money on an amusement park that he was not going to enjoy. So we never did anything like that. So it wasn't until I was out of school and on my own and earning my own money that I started doing travel that was not related to just sitting on the beach. Now, to be fair, some of my early vacations were beach-related. I mean, I love the beach. Probably because of my dad, but I love the beach. I love going to sit on the beach, camping out, setting up an umbrella, sitting in a chair, reading a book, body surfing, swimming. That's a great vacation. Hell, that's a great way of life for me. And when I started going on vacations on my own, I did go to the beach. Not the same beach as my parents. I did discover the Jersey Shore, as I've mentioned. Wildwood, New Jersey is a great beach. Not only do they have a really big beach and really good waves, they also have entertaining boardwalks and restaurants and things to see and do. Something that my dad was not interested in. My dad was interested in the sand and the ocean. That was it. Me, I need a place to eat. I like to walk along the boardwalk, see all the people. I like to have a little town to go visit, maybe an antique shop. I've discovered I need a little more than just the beach and the sand. But after a few years of going to the beach, I discovered that there was other places you could go on vacation too. And I also discovered the value of a day trip. Because sometimes it's nice to just take a day off and go someplace different. Go see something you don't ordinarily see. And I'll get to the fun part about day trips in a few minutes. But first, one of my first trips not to the beach was something that I'd wanted to do all of my life. When I was a kid, we saw the commercials for Disneyland, Disney World. It was something that looked really cool, and it was something that I really wanted to experience. And it was something that I never, ever raised with my dad because <laughs> vacation was shinkatee, that was it. We didn't do trips like that. But when I was in my 20s, I was making money, I had vacation time, I had a girlfriend, and between the two of us, we decided to put our money together and take a trip together to Disney World. Now, back at the time... Disney World was two parks. It was Magic Kingdom and Epcot. That was it. Now, I knew what Magic Kingdom was. Magic Kingdom was basically Disneyland, but built in Florida on a bigger scale because they had more land to work with in Florida. And then there was the wondrous Epcot. All I knew about Epcot was that big golf ball thing out front, which I didn't even know what it was at the time. It was just cool looking. But I wanted to experience something different. So we pooled our money together, we got plane tickets, and we flew down to Florida. Now, the furthest south that I'd ever been in my life up until that point was Virginia Beach. We hadn't stayed at Virginia Beach. We just went to go look at Virginia Beach when I was on vacation with my parents. And that was just one of those trips to go, oh, yeah, look, Virginia Beach. And then back to Chincoteague, which is north of Virginia Beach. The cool part about that trip was when we got to go on the Chesapeake Bay Bridge Tunnel. That was a cool thing to see, by the way, if you've never seen it, if you've never been down there. It's a combined bridge tunnel that crosses the Chesapeake Bay. So part of the time you're driving on a bridge across the bay and then the bridge goes into a tunnel that goes under the bay and then comes up and becomes a bridge again. It's really a cool experience. So that was like the highlight of that trip. 
But that's as far south as we ever went, Virginia Beach. So when I made the decision to hop on a plane and fly to Florida, this was huge. First of all, I'd never experienced a trip to the south for vacation. Second, I'd never been to Florida. Florida was a mystical land to me. When I was younger, Florida was a retirement place. That's all I knew about it. All the comedians joked about all the old people having to go to Florida to retire. That was about all I knew about it. That and Disney World. So when I hopped on a plane to go to Florida, this was the height of adventure for me. And then landing in Florida and leaving the airport and looking outside and seeing a palm tree. I'd never seen a palm tree before in my life. Not in person. And I just remember the sight of that first palm tree and it still stays in my head. It's one of those, wow, I'm in a really different place now moments. It was really cool for me to see my first palm tree. And then I remember driving on the roads in Florida and seeing nothing but Florida license plates. I remember that too. It's weird the things that stick in your head, but seeing cars with nothing but Florida license plates. I'd never really spent a lot of time in any other states but New Jersey and Ohio. New Jersey where I lived, Ohio where I went to school. But there was something about the Florida license plates because it was just so foreign seeming to me. And then, of course, spending a couple of days at Disney. I've been to Disney a few times. I'm going to do a whole episode on Disney at some point. But I remember the first time going into the Disney parks, it was just wild how huge the area was. And seeing the Magic Kingdom and seeing Epcot for the first time and discovering what Epcot was all about. I mean, I didn't know till I got there that Epcot means Experimental Prototype Community of Tomorrow. Epcot. I mean, I had no clue. I just knew it as Epcot. And I didn't know until you got down there that you could actually go inside that giant golf ball thing. I just knew Disney World was something cool that I wanted to see. And it was neat being in Florida because I got to see a different way of life. Not just the Disney life in Epcot and in Magic Kingdom. But just going to places like the supermarket or the restaurant, going to a shopping mall. It was a different lifestyle and it was a different pace of living. I grew up in New Jersey, live in New Jersey, the Northeast in general, and New Jersey in particular, live life at a very fast pace. Everybody's in a hurry. Nobody has time to talk. You want to get from point A to point B. You want to get your business done. You want to get into the store and get out. No dilly-dallying. When I was in Ohio, I had to adjust, slow my speed down a little, take some time to talk to people, learn to be a little friendly, because it's a different mindset once you get out of the Northeast. Florida was a lot like Ohio in that it was a laid-back lifestyle. It's even more laid-back in Florida because it's hotter. So I think people move a little slower down there just because you don't want to work up a sweat just walking from the car to your house. But it was a different lifestyle, a different way of living, a different way of doing things. And I remember that making an impression on me. And it kind of gave me a realization that there's a lot going on out there in the world. And maybe I want to see some of that. There's different people. There's different ways of doing things. There's different lifestyles. So I wanted to see some of that. Now, I've been really fortunate in my life. I've had a chance to travel to a lot of different places. One of the trips that I had, this is years ago, back with my ex. She had to go overseas for her company. She was going to be there for a week. And the company was based in Basel, Switzerland. She had to go on a business trip to Basel. But she made the inquiry, and I was able to go along. Now, during the trip, she was going to be working for the most part. So I was going to be on my own for most of the time. But it was a really cool opportunity for me. Because I'd never been to Switzerland, I'd never been to Germany, I'd never been to France, and those three countries all intersect right near Basel. And I discovered that because during the days where my ex was working, I was out exploring. I was out checking things out, seeing how the world worked in Europe. It was a really cool opportunity. And I remember one day in particular, I decided to just go hiking and exploring. Now, I didn't speak Swiss, I didn't speak German, I didn't speak French. 
but there's a lot of people who speak English over there. And I figured, well, I'll figure it out. And I didn't want to be sitting in a hotel room all day long, so I wanted to go check things out. So I spent my days hiking around. And one day I decided, let's see if we can hike through three countries in one day. And I did. I figured out the tram system. I figured out where the borders were. I figured out where the border crossings were. And I was able to walk in Switzerland and Germany and France all on the same day. Now, did I get to experience any German or French culture during that trip? No, I didn't go shopping. I didn't get to go to restaurants. I didn't really get to talk to people too much. Not that I could because I didn't speak the language. But it was just a unique opportunity to do something that in my mind was pretty cool. Walk through three countries in one day. Now, I had taken a video camera with me and I was taping various parts of my excursions. And I remember walking along a road in Germany and I was just taping the German countryside. And I remember having an encounter with a guy coming out of his house as he saw me videotaping. And he came walking down his walk and he started speaking to me in German. And I shrugged and I said, I'm an American. I don't speak German. I'm sorry. And it just so happens that a guy on a bike was riding by and he happened to speak English. So he was translating for us as we were having our little discussion there. And the guy on the bike said, well, he wants to know why you're videotaping his house. And I laughed and I said, well, tell him I'm an ignorant American who's just taping the scenery. And I apologize if I offended him for taping his house. And I guess the bike guy told him that's what was going on because the guy from the house laughed and waved and went back inside. But I learned from that, maybe I should be a little more discreet as I'm videotaping my little journey here. But it's cool moments like those that make travel fun and interesting and memorable. Now, I can't say I've always had a travel bug. I don't want to tell you that I've always wanted to go see things, that I've always had this wanderlust, that I'm some kind of an adventurer. I don't consider myself an adventurer, but I do like to go see things, and I do like to experience different things, and I do like to see how other people do things and how other lives are lived, and I do like to see different parts of the world and this country. Like, for instance, I don't remember how I discovered Cedar Key. Cedar Key is in Florida. It's not one of the Florida Keys. The Florida Keys are off the very tip of Florida. If you look at a map of Florida and you have that leg sticking into the Gulf of Mexico, there's a whole line of islands, keys, that go from the end of the tip all the way out into the Gulf and end in Key West. And so when you hear about Cedar Key, you figure, well, it must be one of those keys. It's not. Cedar Key is an island off of Florida, but it's about halfway up the peninsula. It's actually north of Tampa. And it's a little island just off the coast. And as I said, I don't remember how I heard about it, but I heard about it. And I read about the amazing beaches, and I read about the amazing sunsets over the Gulf, and I had heard something about the food being wonderful. And so I said to Mrs. Gamerdude, what do you think about a trip to Cedar Key? Now, this is why Mrs. Gamerdude and I get along. She said, okay. I mean, she asked, what's there? Is there stuff to do? Is there food? Which is one of our common interests. Is there good food there? Okay, we're there. But that's an important thing if you're traveling with someone, if you're in a relationship with someone. You want to have similar interests, and we pretty much do, especially when it comes to travel. I say, let's go to Cedar Key. She says, is it cool? I say, yes. Okay, let's go. And so we did. Now, neither one of us had heard anything about it before. Neither one of us knew anything about it. I just found it on a map and figured out a way to get there, and we flew down and went. And it was quite an adventure. It really was. Because we flew into Tampa, we hopped in a car... And we drove north for like two hours. Then you have to turn left and head towards the Gulf of Mexico. And I don't know if you know Florida, but as you get further north, there's a lot of woodlands and foresty type areas. I wouldn't call it necessarily a huge forest, but it's really foresty. There's trees everywhere. So we were getting into some pretty rural areas. 
and then we found the road to turn left on to get to Cedar Key. And we're driving down a road, which could have been in any forest in any state. It didn't feel like Florida at all. And after about 20 minutes, the road opens up into a little town called Cedar Key. And there's a little bridge that goes across from the mainland to the key itself. And it was this quaint little town, maybe 30 buildings there. They had a pier, they had a beach, they had a couple of restaurants. I had looked up a motel that was literally right on the Gulf of Mexico. The road ends at the motel, and the motel is situated essentially right on the beach. Now, this isn't a Motel 6. This isn't a Super 8. Motel 6 and Super 8 are like the Hilton compared to the motel that we stayed at in Cedar Key. This motel was probably built, I'd say, in the 1950s as probably a little way stop for wandering travelers up and down the coast. And I'm sure it was updated a little bit since the 1950s, but not a lot. I mean, they had a big bed crammed into the room. They still had a tube TV hanging off the wall. They had a very beachy motif, aquamarine colors, seashells and seagulls everywhere. Very small room, very small bathroom, but it was cool. It was quaint. It was different. And you opened your door and you could see the Gulf of Mexico right outside your door. You could sit on your little porch type area. It really wasn't a porch, it was gravel with some lawn chairs, but we called it our porch-type area. And you could sit there and watch the sunset over the Gulf of Mexico. What a cool thing to see. We discovered a breakfast place in the morning, fresh croissants and coffee. We discovered a seafood restaurant that had some of the best clam chowder I've ever eaten in my life. I never knew there was a world championship of clam chowder, but I discovered that this place had won it three times, and I can see why. It was so good. The food was so good. And the island itself really laid back. It was like stepping back in time. I mean, yeah, everything was modern. They had modern condos. They had modern businesses. But there was also pieces of it that were stuck in the 1950s, probably the 1930s. It was just a mishmash of all different eras and a very laid back, chill, cool kind of vibe just being there. And it's one of those hidden gems of our travels. And I loved it. It was great. One of the other places that Mrs. Gamerdude and I got to experience together was Mount Rushmore. Now, Mount Rushmore is in South Dakota. Mount Rushmore is a place that I'd always wanted to go. I remember seeing Mount Rushmore in the Hitchcock film North by Northwest. And I thought it was so cool. Giant heads of the presidents carved into a mountain. What an awesome thing to see. And in that movie, I don't know if you've ever seen it, but you got Cary Grant and the villain crawling up and down the faces of the presidents. They're actually on the statues. And so from that movie, I could see how huge they were. And of course, over the years, I'd seen pictures in history books, pictures in encyclopedias, but I discovered it was in South Dakota. Now, as a kid, I never in my life figured I'd ever get to South Dakota. I mean, for me, South Dakota might as well have been on another world. I wasn't getting there. Why would I go to South Dakota just to see Mount Rushmore? Well, as it turns out, and as those of you who follow me on Twitch know, her brother, my brother-in-law, actually lives in South Dakota. Now, he lives about five hours from Mount Rushmore. But for me, a five-hour drive? Huh, that's nothing. It's the 35-hour drive that's a little intimidating. Probably 35 or 40 hours to drive from New Jersey to South Dakota. But if I'm going to be in South Dakota anyway to visit my brother-in-law, what the hell? Add another five hours, take a drive out to Rushmore. And so I said to Mrs. Gamer Dude, I'd like to see Mount Rushmore. And she said, okay. Now, she'd already been, because her brother lives out there. She'd been to Mount Rushmore. She'd done all the South Dakota stuff. But she's always game. And so we hopped in the car one day and drove out to Mount Rushmore. And let me tell you, it was really cool. Yes, it's a non-kid-friendly thing. 
you're looking at giant sculptures in the side of a mountain. If you're going there to entertain your toddlers, it's probably not a great experience. I totally acknowledge that. But for me, number one, because it was a fantasy thing from when I was a kid. I mean, I saw North by Northwest when I was watching the movie with my mother when I was like eight years old. So it was always in my head. But also, as a guy who appreciates the artistry that went into that and the history of the country, wanting to see and getting to see something like that was just so cool for me. And as part of that trip, we got to do other things too. Like on the way out to Mount Rushmore, from where my brother-in-law lives, there's a place called Wall Drug. It's been there forever. If you go up and down the East Coast, if you've heard of South of the Border, Wall Drug is basically South of the Border, but out in the middle of South Dakota. And at Wall Drug, it's a huge tourist trap kind of place. All little kinds of shops and stores and gift shops and t-shirt shops and all of the kind of places that they try to get the tourists to come in and spend money. But we had to stop there. It was awesome. I love that kind of place. They advertise their nickel cup of coffee. They still have a nickel cup of coffee. And I had to get a nickel cup of coffee. But you know, everything from t-shirts to leather goods to souvenirs of Rushmore and the Badlands, it was all there. So we did Wall Drug. We did Rushmore. We did the Badlands. The Badlands is a big national park, but you get to see Mother Nature in all her glory. The different kinds of rock formations, the different critters. I got to see a prairie dog. I got to see a bison. It was like out there in the field. I was wandering out there with my camera, seeing how close I could get to get a picture. I didn't get that close, but I had the opportunity. It was cool. It was cool to see. And just like the other trips that I've talked about, I got to experience things that I never would have otherwise seen or done. I mentioned earlier I was going to circle back to day trips. Day trips are cool. If you can take a day trip that's, you know, two hours away from you, someplace that you don't usually go, and just spend some time experiencing life in that area, it can be eye-opening and relaxing and fun. We live about two hours from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And in case you don't know, there's a big Amish community there. There's several little towns that are basically Amish towns, Bird in Hand, Intercourse, Pennsylvania. Yes, that's actually the name of the place. And yes, they do have t-shirts that say, I Heart Intercourse. But the cool thing about that area is, number one, the totally different lifestyle. And number two, the different kinds of things you can see and do and buy there. Decorations for your home, food to bring back. You can go and have a meal of things that you can't get near you. You can take almost a step back in time and see how the Amish are living. It's a very different kind of life than what we ordinarily live in New Jersey. Now, we don't do it often, but it's nice to take that trip every once in a while and just take a step back out of our day-to-day take a step out of what we are used to, and experience things that are just a little bit different. We find it interesting, we find it relaxing, and we find it fun. And I guess that's the point about travel anyway. It's supposed to be a fun experience. And for me, opening up to other possibilities, other lifestyles, other ways of doing things, that is fun. That's a cool thing. And so if you take nothing else from today's episode, take this. Get out there, go do things, travel to different places, experience different things. Take a step outside your comfort zone. It's really worth it. As is usually the case when I do these episodes, I have about 10 or 15 things that I want to talk about, and I get to about three or four of them. I've just barely scratched the surface of the things I've done, the places I've seen, But I wanted to share it with you, not only because it's stuff that happened to me, but because there's a lesson to take from it too. Especially during this pandemic time that we're going through, where so many of us are staying home and not going anywhere. When the time comes when we can travel again, go, go do things. 
go out and see things. I mean, don't be crazy, but once everybody's vaccinated, once it's safe to travel again, I can't recommend travel enough. It's fun, it's exciting, it's entertaining. You'll see things you've never seen before. You can do things you've never done before. You can eat things you've never eaten before. It's so worth it. And it helps expand your horizons. We all get myopic. We all tend to focus on our own little world. When you get out, when you travel, when you see different things, it makes you realize there's lots of stuff going on out there. And there's nothing wrong with being a part of it. Anyway... That's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you so much for being here. As always, I appreciate you taking the time to listen, and I appreciate you spending time with me. Thank you so much, as always, for your support. Until next time, you guys take care of yourselves, and I'll see you when I see you.